Well, I just want to say welcome to everyone this morning. Welcome to those here. Welcome to you if you're, it's your first time, second time, hundredth time. I'm not going to keep going because I know some of you probably have a lot more than that, but um, just want to say welcome. Welcome to those watching online as well. It's really interesting. You know, I hear a lot of the, the accounts and when people actually walk through our doors and how many of them have watched online uh, first and, and, they, and they still choose to come. So that's great. Um, thank you. We didn't scare you away that much. But, uh, it, but it is good to have everybody together. And, you know, it's, it is something to be able to, to gather together. And today, you know, we, well, we started last week in this series in Romans chapter 8. And we're going to continue this series today. And, and, you know, our focus is really today going to be on this. It's not just an idea about the reality that we have the privilege to have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. And you guys just completely missed an opportunity there to say, (laughs) I'm not going to try to solicit amens, but at the same time, it's a slow pitch, right? There you go. Um, But I... I have a lot of really good notes today. Um, I hope they'll come through correctly, but I feel like God is just really, in, in, in this idea of, of, of the Spirit of God dwelling in us and coming to this place, and it's just, I don't want to ever like take for granted. I don't want to ever take it as commonplace to be in the presence of a holy God. As, as much right as we have in one sense through the blood of Christ. And, you know, you know, we talked about last week in this whole series is talking about, you know, there's no condemnation and there's freedom in that, amen? And, and that's great. But at the same time, if we're not careful, I feel like, and maybe you're, you can relate to this, is that we can get into this going through the motions, right? Doing what we've always done because we've always done it and maybe we were raised that way or maybe there's a certain comfort in gathering in a, in a certain way on a Sunday morning, and I just always want to try to, even for myself, make that pause and just to make sure that, hey, I want to be here fully in this moment. And I want to, I want to understand and I want to know, you know, the depths of who God is and, and what he has done. And, you know, it'll take a lifetime to probably fully grasp that. And, and I won't be able to do it on this side of eternity, I'm sure. But to always pause and, and just reflect and, and to make sure that I, I understand or I have that that, that place or that space to see that. And so, like I said, we, you know, we began last week and we talked about this, this, this amazing sentence or this phrase that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And again, that's maybe a, a phrase if you're outside the church and you know, not familiar with that, in being, what is it to be in Christ? You know? and, and, and again, that's that the work of the cross and accepting the salvation that he's offered, that he is the only one that has the right to offer us because he's the one who laid down his life for us and shed his blood. And so because of that and through that, because we are in Christ, we are then not condemned any longer. But we've been given life through him and life eternal. And as we mentioned last week in Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bibles and are there or if you recall, um, that f- whole first part, verses one through eight, it's just, there's these, there was those two words, there was three we talked about last week, but there were two specifically, and it's, it's kind of this, this comparison between being in the spirit and being in the flesh. Reach over and touch your neighbor. 
just if you know them or if you don't, that's fine too. There, that's we are all flesh, right? We are flesh and blood. We are we are living in these bodies. We have this the flesh and blood, and and the, in this flesh. You know, it's, we are being descendants of, of the first man and woman. We, we have this, we have sin there, right? And, you know, we talked last week about how, you know, there is this battle between, you know, the flesh and the spirit. And, you know, I want to make it clear that, again, with Christ, that we have power over that. We have the, the, the resources, if you will, to overcome those fleshly things and those fleshly desires, but it is, some, it is an awareness that we have to have, and it is a battle. And, you know, we have to make sure that we are continually walking in the ways of the Spirit. And so, you know, this chapter we're going to see, and, and once we get through the entire thing, it, it really presents to us and encourages us as believers that, you know, God not only saves us, but he is also faithful to preserve the work that he, he began in us. He's, he's faithful to preserve us to eternity with him. And so that's, that's the one thing that I, you know, I want to drive home this morning is, is to, for us to remember that as we're walking and the, the spirit of God is, is dwelling in us, that, that he is seeing us through those difficult challenges. He's seeing us on this journey as we walk through this time on earth, being faced with all of its challenges. It is through the indwelling of the Spirit, and this is kind of a, the big idea today, the indwelling of the Spirit, it's, it's through the indwelling of the Spirit of Christ that really makes everything possible as we walk through this earth. And again, if you're like me, <laughs> there are times when I can revert back or I can say, well, I'm gonna do this because I know how this should be done, or, or I, in my strength, I'm gonna just engage this and do it. Even some of the simplest things, or even the things maybe where we say, like, you know, God, I got this one, to go ahead and relax. And we try to step in and do things in our own power, in our own ability, and they always fall flat. And so, again, seeing that and knowing that and kind of getting a little bit of idea where we're going, we're going to jump back into Romans today, chapter 8, and we're going to begin in verse 9. And it does start with a um, however. You know, it says you, however. And again, when it's saying that, it's referring back. And so we are going to, I'm going to back up just a couple verses. I don't know that these will be on the screen. Um, but I just want to come back just a little bit. And so um, we'll go back, <clears throat> excuse me, to Romans uh, chapter 8, verse, let's start in verse 8. I've got so many notes and scribbles on my actual Bible, it's hard to read here. Um, but they're all really good. I'll show you sometime. Um, actually, let's go back to verse 7. It says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh, listen to this, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot. I don't care if, you know, you can juggle knives and torches, it's not going to be enough to get God's attention. You, there's nothing that you can do to please God when you are in the flesh. Okay, so now we're going to land into verse 9, and let's jump in. You, however, and again, he's writing this letter to the church in Rome, so he's speaking to believers. So he's saying, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit of life because of righteousness. The Spirit is life, sorry, because of righteousness. Verse 11, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Now again, there's that you see this, right? You see this contrast. It's continuing from what we talked about last week, this Spirit and flesh, Spirit and flesh. It's this constant back and forth. You know, in the Apostle Paul, in many of his writings, these terms always come out. You know, he even talks about something he called the thorn in his flesh. You know, he knew very well there was something there in his flesh. Um, you know, we talked about it last week, too. I'm just going to leave the little teaser if you weren't here. And we talked about the doo-doo verses, right? Remember those? No? Okay. The doo-doo verses. And again, he, it's where he goes back and forth within himself. The things I want to do, this, this, you know, I, I know I'm supposed to do this, yet I do this. Or I do this when I know that I'm supposed to be doing this over here. And so we even see within Paul, there's this, there's this constant wrestling, isn't there? And so hopefully, if you're like me, it's encouraging that even he, you know, dealt with those things, just like we do. And so, you know, we see here, again, it's, it's coming down and it's drilling down on this idea and, and this reality of, of the, the spirit of Christ living within us. I like here, I want to read also from the New Living Translation, this, this passage, because I like how it, it presents it a little differently, just a little different uh, verbiage here. And they use, instead of however at the beginning, it uses the word but, you, and, you know, and there's, there's two words, or this, it's the same word, kind of just in different versions, is, is live or living, okay? And that's what I want you to listen for. Listen, same 9 through 11. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Think about that. Let that just sit. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. The same spirit, again, Jesus, cross, death, and the power that death had, the, the finality of death. It's like it was like the greatest enemy, right? Taken off the cross, laid in the tomb, and suddenly out of darkness and death, life. And that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from that place that seemed final. He overcame death in the grave and brought him out 
That same spirit that was present in that moment is living in you right now. Is living in me. But what are we facing today, this week, this month? And we're shaking in our shoes. We're watching the news and what do we do? We come back to that place of knowing that that spirit, that same spirit of God is living in us today. That raised Christ from the dead. I just want to share with you three observations from, from this passage of Scripture this morning. And again, it's, it's all going to fall under this idea of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. <clears throat> the first one is, is those who are indwelt by the Spirit. Again, here comes this word, live life in the Spirit. We live life in the Spirit even, you know, one of our values is, is live life in relationship. Relationship with others, but also, most importantly, with God and His Spirit. We live life in the Spirit. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. And, you know, it's a very strong statement in this, in this uh, passage here that, you know, it says that, that those that are living in the flesh cannot please God. And so while, you know, those of us here who have professed Jesus as Lord and Savior, you know, we are accepted in his sight, but any time that we will operate or function in the things of the flesh, it, 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 we don't find God's favor. We're not pleasing him. You understand? I don't know about you, but there's times when I make, you know, those mistakes or, or maybe I get upset about something and I don't handle it the right way. <laughs> Anyone else bear witness with that, right? My kids have like an express lane to that button in me. <laughs> the happy button that wants to give you everything that you want. That's what I'm talking about. But no, it, it does. It's, it's, and, it, and there's sometimes that flesh side can come out, can't it? And the sad thing is, and I feel, you know, it's, it's not them. I mean, they're my, it's my child, and I should have the most grace and most love and the most patience with them, but something else maybe, and I, I'm just walking in the, you know, the wrong place in here right then. And so I've got to kind of bring it back. And so again, but God reminds us you know, that, that we, if we're not careful, we have this tendency to kind of revert back to the, the old thinking, to the old ways, if we're not pursuing. And again, we talked about you know, that we're supposed to be renewing our mind, right, constantly. That's why we're supposed to be in the word of God. We're supposed to you know, be with, with other believers to encourage and edify and lift up one another because that helps our mind to stay in the right place. We cannot please God when we're in the flesh. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, he writes, for in one spirit we were all baptized into, into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And again, Paul was saying here, you know, it doesn't matter what your background is, 
that we all came to this place and we all have the same spirit living within us. And you know what Paul was, was getting at and what was happening there, in, in this case in Corinth, in the church there, is Paul was writing just to them, but also in the, in the church in Rome too, and what we're looking at today, is that there was this tendency for, for some of the, the new Christians, especially those that came, uh, that were Jews, they wanted to kind of, they were always trying to revert back to the, the old ways, to the things that they used to do. And I think it's a good reminder for us today because we have to understand that, you know, the keeping of, really we could call it rituals, that is not what gains our acceptance before the Lord. You know, if you have perfect attendance at church for the month or for the year, it's not like, you know, you're going to get a gold star delivered from heaven or something to put up on the fridge. Now, don't get me wrong, we love to see you every week, um, and I don't know if there's any gold stars in here, but it's something to work towards, right? Listen, if you get here, if you're here all year, I'll give you a gold star, okay? I promise. Just tell me. But listen, it's, the thing is, though, but those things, if we're not careful, we can start to try to, like, measure ourselves, right? Kind of, like, earn our own acceptance or, or to kind of, you know, show up in front of God and, and impress him somehow. But the reality is, is, again, showing up and being, you know, that consistency, it's good in one sense, but it's all, it depends where our heart is at. Because just showing up and going through the motions is not enough, is it? We can't just go through the motions. And, and listen, I, I keep saying me because <clears throat> I'm with you. I'm not exempt from this. I've been doing this since I was this big. I grew up in the church. I know how to go through the motions. And I don't, but I don't want to be there. <laughs> you know? And so I want to try to, to, to share this and encourage from even my own learning because the reality is the presence of the Spirit of God is really the distinguishing mark of, of, of Christians, of, of who we are. And it's in that place and in that, that understanding and walking in the presence of the Spirit of God is, is truly what it means to defeat the power of sin. That's how sin is defeated. That's how all, everything that we're facing is, is defeated, is in God's presence, is through the Spirit of God. It's not by our own strength, and it's not by our great ideas. You know, God gives us, you know, a mind. God gives us those some thoughts, and he gives us ideas, and, you know, we have to engage that. But we always have to rest in the fact that God is the one that is at work through us by his spirit. And so, again... We have, because we have the indwelling of the Spirit, we are able to live life in the Spirit. Number two, for those of us who, again, who are indwelled by the Spirit, and here's, here's good news. We belong to God. That's, that's, that's it. That's my point, too. That's it. We belong to God. You belong to God. If there's anybody that I want to belong to, it would be God, <laughs> right? That's huge. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't know that God, you know, is excited about taking ownership or, of me. <laughs> like, yeah, that one's mine too. 
We all have, you know, those, those people, like, yeah, that's my friend. Come on. I take, I take ownership of him. But God, he, he, we belong to him, and that's, that's amazing. In verse, verse 9, the second part of verse 9, it says that anyone who does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to him. And so if we have the Spirit of God, then we do belong to God. And it's simply not because, it's not because of what we do, but it's because of what he has done. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, the Apostle Paul writes, and I, you know, I'm sharing this with some different places, but it's, it's kind of neat because all these letters to the different churches kind of deal with a lot of the same issues, don't they? And that's what we're going to see this morning. But Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Say that with me. For by grace, by grace, you have been saved through faith. Right? That's it. You have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Saved through faith, by grace. And it's a gift from God. You see, the good news is that this means that once we belong to Christ, there is nothing that we can do to undo that belonging. <laughs> you see, just like my children, no matter what they do in their life, good, bad, or ugly, those are my children. Right? And some of us need to be reminded of that this morning that you know, it kind of goes back to last week and to even just where it kicks off in Romans chapter 8 that there's no condemnation. That you are a child of God. You are one of his. No matter what you do or say, good or bad, you are his. And so that's something that we have to always come back to and we have to rest in that fact that we belong to the Lord. You see, he demonstrated his love and, and the price for that belonging as Jesus Christ, he came and he died to completely fulfill the requirement of the law on our behalf. You know, again, there wasn't this secret, like we didn't sidestep something, right? There wasn't like this, this side handshake deal that happened, but there was a requirement because of sin and that requirement was death. And a price had to be paid, and while we were not the ones that had to pay it in the end, it still had to be paid, and Jesus was the one that stepped into that to pay the price that we deserved, which was death. And so, again, he has that right because he is, we have been purchased by his blood. And that is so critical to understanding is for us as believers and followers of Christ. Because the reality, again, he came to earth. He became what we are. What, what are we? We're, we're weak, human, and subject to sin's power, right? That's a, that's a bumper sticker for the car, right? That's who we are. And, you know, it's not pretty, and it's not something that we would love to just, like, say, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm weak. <laughs> 
and I'm subject to sin's power. But he came and did that so that we might become what he is. And what is he? He is righteous and holy. Right? And so we are made righteous and we are, we are found holy before a holy God again because there was this exchange. There was, you know, Jesus made that possible because we're riding his coattails, if you will, into that place. We are not, I'm not holy. You are not holy either or righteous, just so you know, in yourself, in your, you know, your, your natural sin, sinful self. But through Christ, you are. You are found that way. And so again, that is, that is something for us to, to be thankful for. And so as we started this morning, or you know, as I began, when I started speaking, and, and you know, when we come to gather, and we come to lift up our voices and to worship God, you know, we kind of have to start in a place like this to remember or to remind ourselves what we have been saved from. And we have been saved from sin, and we have been saved from death. And, and again, things, all that we deserved... And it was through the work of the cross, and it was through Christ Jesus. And so that is why we sing. You may have come in this morning, and I don't really feel like being here this morning. <laughs> I don't really feel like singing this morning. But you need to pause for a minute and remember what God has done for you. And then from that place, say, God, I worship you. I thank you. The fact that we have even breath in our lungs this morning, right now, and that you're sitting in this place is, 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 is enough to worship the Lord. If we belong to him, then our lives should show it. The Bible describes this oftentimes as, as bearing fruit, and we see this, you know, fruit of the flesh versus fruit of the spirit. Again, it's, it's this comparison, the same one that we've been talking about. And in Galatians I'm not going to read all of it, but it, it goes into this, you know, where the fruit of the flesh is laid out in front of us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. <clears throat> and he writes about that, about the desires of the flesh and what those, that fruit of the flesh looks like. And then he contrasts it with, those, with the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, he says, against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, again, that word fruit, there's no S on the end, is there? I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no S. What does that mean? That means we should be bearing all of it, right? It's not a buffet. It's not like, hey, just have it your way, you know, which, whatever ones you want to choose. Man, I sit there and I read like, okay, love, okay, joy, peace, oh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We got a lot of work to do, don't we? <laughs> but... But what, what Paul is writing there to the church in Galatia, though, is, is that this, this is what should be what? It's, it's fruit, right? And, you know, if you pictured a tree, you know, I can't sit there and take some grapes and, like, kind of, like, tape it on the tree or something like that, right? 
I can, you know, take a tree and, and hang all this fruit, and there's apples and oranges and grapes and all this stuff. What's going to happen to that fruit if I tape it up there? It's going to die. Why? Because it's, it's not real. It's not really fruit. I mean, it is sort of, but it's going to die. Why? Because it wasn't produced from the tree. Let me just say this. You are producing fruit. One way or the other, you're producing something. And people see it. And the question is, what kind of fruit will you produce? And while, again, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody on this earth is going to live up to all of these all the time at, at, at one, any one given moment. I think we're constantly, God is constantly working in us. But I want to, what I want you to understand, though, is it comes from, from here. It comes from inside. That, that fruit has to be produced from what's in us. Not like manufactured. You understand? Because, again, we can fake a lot of this stuff, but it doesn't take long. Or you are, a lot of times, you know, if you talk to somebody's family, if you talk to my family, you're going to find out how I really am. <laughs> and, you know, by God's grace, I, I pray that what you would hear from my wife is what you would, the same experience you have with me, too. Because that, that fruit should be coming out of me and be produced no matter what the situation is. So, again, understanding that when we belong to God, you know, we have been saved, and no matter what we do, good, bad, or ugly, that, that we belong to the Lord. But then through that, if we belong to him, then what is our life producing, and is it showing that fact? Because if there are other things being produced, then something else might be going on there, all right? Lastly, number three, those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and here's, here's a good one, they will be resurrected, they will be resurrected. In verses 10 and 11, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's huge, right? That is, that is an encouragement to know that as all of this is unfolding, as we walk through our time here on earth and all of us are in different places on our journey, that regardless of what happens here on this earth, that we know that there will be a resurrection. That it is not the end. That death has lost its victory. Amen? And so we can you know, find rest and hope in that and we can be encouraged by that. And again, in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul writes, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, by day by day by day. And again, you see again, once again, this picture, this image that we are being renewed constantly. We have to, Right? And so that's, that is key and that is critical to understand and to see that. See, the presence of this, the indwelling uh, spirit of God is our, as believers, it's our guarantee of life. We realize that our, our bodies are, 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 are decaying, <laughs> right? Yeah. I cannot believe the smells this body produces, right? Sorry, just 
It's like the older you get, it just, like, where, how does that happen? Why does my fifth hair follicle smell like that, you know, like on my arm? It's crazy, right? It's, it's gross to me. But it's true. It, I think to me, every time you smell yourself from now on, just be reminded, like, hey, it's supposed to go that way. That's sin. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think that was in my notes anywhere. Let me see. <laughs> Keep it on script. All right. So, but the, the, again, the, the point is, though, and then the encouragement and all that is, again, that one day these bodies are going to, you know, if we die before the Lord's return, it's, they're going to be raised, and one day we will be given a new body, free of sin, free of pain, free of smells, and free, Right? That same outer body that will match what God has already done inside of us through Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. And again, here's the beauty of, of this idea that you know, we will be resurrected, that, that God has done everything and it's the power of his spirit living in us. It says that you believed in him and you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Anybody, you know, sealed an envelope before the wax and it's just, it's sealed, right? You put that thing on there, you know, if that's not broken, what was in there is still in there. Sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Understand that today, church, that while we may be sitting here in this place, while we may be sitting in these bodies, dealing with the challenges that these bodies have and the, and the sinfulness of them and also the sin that is in the world, we can rest assured that one day we will see Christ face to face. We will be in glory with him face to face. And we will acquire the inheritance. You have an inheritance, right? Right? And let me just break this down just a little bit more because this may surprise some of you. To acquire an inheritance, typically what has to happen? Somebody has to die. Well, guess what? Somebody has already died. And the reality is, is there is an inheritance that is at your disposal that some of us have yet to realize how amazing and how glorious it actually is. Can I tell you today that some of that inheritance, even a lot of it, is available to us now? We have life. We're supposed to have life and have it more abundantly. We are walking with the living Jesus Christ who saved us by his spirit, dwelling in us, no matter what, the, what we may see with our eyes and what we may be facing right now, we have an inheritance in Christ Jesus, meaning we don't have to sit back and wait till we're on an eternity with him. We have that inheritance now. Yet we live like we don't. You may have heard this before. You know, it's like somebody's given you a million dollars that's sitting in the bank, but you have yet to just simply walk in and say, hey, I'm so-and-so, this is my inheritance, my money, and I would like to withdraw it now. Instead, we remain oblivious and we live as though we were poor and, and weak and, and crushed, not realizing the fullness of the work of the cross and what God has saved us from. You are a child of God now. 
And listen, don't confuse what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not talking like health, wealth, you know, prosperity gospel thing. I'm talking that you, you now possess the greatest thing in the world, and that's relationship with your creator. But do we live like that? Do we live like we possess any, everything that we could possibly need? Do we walk and do we talk and do we, do we show others, do others see that fruit in us that, that points to the fact that we belong to God? I'm gonna quote scripture here so I don't get into any trouble. Galatians 3, one through five. Oh, foolish Galatians, guess what? We would fall under this, okay? So I'm not calling you foolish. The Apostle Paul did. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the, the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. That's it. Do you believe in Christ? If you do, say yes. yes. I believe in Christ. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, that's it. So church, I want to challenge us and just caution us today to not get caught up in, in the doing church part. Like, you know, we, we are going to be the church. We're not talking about doing church. It is time to be the church. It is time to be a believer and a follower of Christ. It is time to reflect and to show to the world, again, who has saved us. As we prepare to close here and begin to wrap things up, remember that, that we have the Holy Spirit in us, and because of that, we have life in him. We also belong to God and we will be resurrected. And I think with those three things, knowing those and really latching hold of those tightly, what can this world possibly throw at us? What can the enemy possibly do to us? Because scripture says, for nothing will ever separate us from the love of God, amen? Nothing. We are to live life, again, not just in the spirit, but also what I would say is, and again, and what the scripture says, not just me, but to be full of the spirit of God. One of my, the, my favorite parts of the New Testament and the gospels is, is the picture when Jesus is preparing to begin his ministry and, and, the, and he is led by the Holy Spirit where? Into the wilderness, right? Is the Holy Spirit with him? He was led by the Spirit of God. 
He was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness and again, to be tempted by <clears throat> Satan. You know, many of us, I think, give credit to the things that we face because Satan, I mean, he was actually, he faced, Jesus faced Satan, you know, the Satan. <clears throat> and so he faces the enemy, Satan, in the wilderness, led there by the Spirit of God. But when he comes back from the wilderness, do you know what it says about him? It says that he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was empowered. And church, I believe that we are coming into a time, I mean, you either see it or you don't, that we are going to have to be children of God, not just walking with the Spirit in us, but that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you know, one of the things about being empowered by the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> every time you see that in Scripture, it is because God's children, the people that are called by His name, are doing things that they could never do in and of themselves. They are being called by Him to, to proclaim the gospel. They are called by Him to, to preach the good news. They are being called by Him to go to places that, that make no sense whatsoever or where there is enemies lurking. And I believe, church, for us today, for us to truly experience not just, I mean, I want to see this corporately, but, but in your own just lives and in your neighborhoods and the workplaces and the people you come in contact with, if you desire to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, then you have to be on the mission that God has called you to. Because God is not going to empower someone that, again, are you, do you have the Holy Spirit if you're a believer? Yes, you do. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to work through you and, and, and empower you to do amazing things for God's glory. And I believe with all my heart, again, not a, <clears throat> not a senior pastor sales pitch. This is, I believe God wants to use this church to do some amazing things in this area. <clears throat> I really do. I'm seeing what God is doing. I'm seeing some of the people that are coming around that, that, that what God is trying to accomplish here at this church and prepare us for. Listen, we haven't actually begun yet what God has called us to do. <laughs> it's, it's a regrouping. We're, we're getting on the same page. We're getting ready. But there is, there is an opposition that, is, that, is, that we're going to face. You can bet, you can bet, bet the house on it. There's an opposition that we will face and it is only as we are empowered by the Spirit of God that we will see victory and that we can see victory. And that's the good news is we have the victory, <laughs> right? If you just bow your heads for a moment as we wrap up here. You know, I believe there are two types of people here in the room today or maybe watching online. Those who are in Christ and those who are not. to those who are here within the sound of my voice and you are in Christ, that you have professed Jesus as Lord. To you, I want to just encourage you in that part of the beauty of this chapter is, is the bookends, is what I would call them. You know, as we observed last week, it began with the assurance that there's no condemnation for those in Christ. But as we're gonna see here at the end of this chapter, it concludes with an equally vital assurance 
And it says that for, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as we go through the rest of these weeks in this chapter, it's gonna be all a review of these acts and gifts that God, again, has given to every Christian. And so be encouraged this morning if, if you have professed Jesus as Lord and, and be encouraged that he is faithful to walk with you and he will give you the strength to persevere. And if you are here in this room or, or, or watching online perhaps, and you do not know what it is to be in Christ and have not made that profession of faith, let today be that day. Do not wait any longer. And, and again, if that is the case, I believe that the Holy Spirit is already moving you in that direction. He wants to come in and fill your life and make you new. And you can have that today. Recognizing that that you are a sinner, that you need a savior, you need to be saved, and you profess your sin to the Lord today, that you are a sinner. Profess that he is Lord over all, that he came to earth, that he, he, he went to the cross, that he died, and on the third day he rose again. And invite him to enter your life today, and he will. And what we've been talking about today, what you have been observing today from the outside looking in, you can experience for the very first time as the Spirit of God will come in and fill your life and you will know what it is to have eternal life in Him. And if that is you today, I pray that you will, you will say that prayer, that you will profess that to the Lord today. And be sure to tell somebody, let me know, let somebody online know we want to celebrate with you. We want to come alongside of you. God, we thank you for this morning, and I thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Again, God, as, as we look and we remember as Jesus left the earth, and he, he promised that, it, he, he even said it was good that he leaves <laughs> because the comforter would come, and that's the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So, God, we thank you for that. And God, we thank you that you are present in us, that you are present in this place this morning. But God, we also want to invite you, Lord, to fill us up, to fill us to the point of overflowing this morning, that you would meet us here in this place. And all God's people said,